Donovan Ruckman here with Crew 3 Podcast, brought to you by our wonderful supporters at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Get some exclusive content, have your name put at the end of our videos and streams, or if you want to do our top tier donors, be and receive a swag bag, join that OG social tier. With me as always are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. How's it going? Uh, we got a we got a pretty stuffed week. There's uh we got the double challenges, we've got the champs. Uh, we've also got Kalanish remastered. We've got some stuff. And Ricky, you want to talk finance? Uh, so before we get into that, anything uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? Non magic, pre magic? What, what's going on? Uh, magic this weekend. A lot of fun. If you guys didn't check it out, we got some decent um, viewers on our Twitch. We played Oops All Spells and Phoenix. Both were a lot of fun. Both piloted by Ruckman very well. Had a lot of fun. Played against a couple decks where we scooped it up, and we did lose to Servo Token, who gave us the business with Tormod Script. But we won that first game, you know? We so won that the first game, game. That's what matters. That first game with no Tormod Script, we, we got him. Of course, Oops All Spells did decidedly do better than 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 phoenix but yeah, uh, if you if you if you ask chris that's because he, i he didn't uh convince me to play is it charm <laughs> is it charm yeah i uh I, I still like that card i don't you know i don't know if it was really gonna make the difference it's just a pet card right like and and mm-hmm. so i like it i'm gonna choose to play with it just because I, I it's got so many modes right it's got so many modes yeah but we won so many game ones like that deck even at how many cards were we playing ruckman we were playing the 77 version. The 77 card special, extremely consistent, right? I hey, mean, like... Speaking of the uh, the 77 card special, right? Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. Uh, I I took the initiative, and I did my own investigative journalism. And oh. I reached out to the pilot of the 77 special, uh, a one Andrew1232, or Andrew Trainor, uh, on Twitter. And they uh, thankfully got back to me. So I got a little explanation on the 77 cards here. If you, I need a moment you guys of would silence. Like if you all, oh, do you need a moment of silence to look at the cards? No, I just want to cry a little tear of happiness that our boy Ruckman is now junior investigative reporter at Crew Three Podcast. That was all. Thank you. Continue okay. on, sir. Well, well, I do want to point out that I think, like, if we get stuff like this, I mm-hmm. maybe like once a month I might try to reach out to some of the challenge grinders and uh, do a little interview ski on uh, yeah. sort of sort of their deck picks and things like that. I think that'd be a little fun for like a monthly thing. But anyway, uh, Andrew here. I said, hey there, sorry to bother, but I got to ask why the 77 main board for Ubisoft Spells instead of the full eight Yorian 80? And they replied, well, the original list by Sandpop was 80 cards, but did not include Yorian. My testing started with a 60-card version and running into the realization that since there are cards you actively don't want to draw, you can add carbon cogs to Mana Dorks, Tutors, and Spy Slash and Former to increase the consistency by adding those cards. Casting Yorian is totally off-plan. And playing it doesn't add anything useful other than some game one bluff value. Your game one is so strong already that you don't need the bluff value, in my opinion. The extra sideboard card is worth more. I added all the cards I wanted to play together and then did the math on how many lands I wanted to play. About 26 lands and 60 card density. And ended up at 75 cards. I played for a while and ended up adding Driven to Despair and the fourth Seagate Restoration to make 77. There we go. Great job! Oh. I'm I'm gonna give you a little mini clap here because I'm just so proud of our our little uh, our little journalist here, and it makes a little sense. I think we saw that in, in oh yeah, place. definitely. I think we really did. I think we saw the deck was extremely consistent, and I think we saw that there's just so many cards you don't want to draw that like mm-hmm. you really have to. It's so funny how more consistent you are because you know you you know you don't if you draw two cheap creeping chills, it's a lot yeah. harder of a game. You really need to gain nine to the full twelve life to yeah. 
you know, really kill your opponent and stay alive. So, and obviously we only played a few rounds with it. Like I played a couple rounds of it the other day uh, before we streamed with it. I do agree with the, the position that your just doesn't, isn't really adding much to your game plan. Yeah. So like, it feels kind of like emergency button. Like if you really need to like, Oh, we got to hit the brakes and like do something. But I feel like if you're at the point where you're just playing your, you're either like winning or dying. Right. Yeah, 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 your fair plan, I think, is just so bad, really, you know? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Ricky, what you got for us? I watched you guys uh, win a game with not only uh, no no lands, but no colors. <laughs> you only yeah. had green lands in play, right. and a Paradise Druid lived long enough to cast a Balistrad Spy. Yep, that is you correct. you had two lands, too. Yep. You didn't even have, like, all the lands. I think you cast an Eldritch Evolution. We cast Eldritch Evolution. Sacking, yep. sacking the Paradise Druid. So yep. you didn't even need may, another may card rest in green. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what I really found out was if you have the turn two Mana Dork, and you can just turn three combo, right. because uh, Eldritch Evolution on the Mana Dork goes, to finds Bal- goes and finds Balistrad Spy, mm-hmm. or two mana off of the mana arc and one of the lands lets you neoform for the informer which then you have the one mana left to sack it to itself and combo there right mm-hmm. so if you have a paradise shirid or a sylvan carried you just have the turn three and then obviously like the trick there is if you have a bolt land we'll call them right the spell lands yeah. that come mm-hmm. into play untapped you just play on a lighter right like you you start on the untapped land you start on the comes into play tapped land yep and then you go from there so yeah definitely which was maybe made me feel like, man, maybe in that version, maybe that's where we want the Amiria's call. Maybe. Yeah, I think could very well be. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. We'll try it. And then Phoenix was a lot of fun. Um, it definitely wasn't the best, but I still think there's something there. I still think it's a very fine deck. I think it needs to be tuned a little bit. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk about Magmatic Channeler later in the podcast. So I won't go too deep into it. It's yeah. definitely fine, but I think it's got a better home. Um, All right. So. Yeah. And let me tell you, you know, there was the arena open this weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people came and tried. I woke up bright and early on Halloween, logged on to arena, saw the 4,000 gems in my account and was just like, man, but Zendikar limited is so much fun. Uh, so instead I just knocked out a uh, six and three draft. Nice. I think it was a better choice overall. The EV of that draft was way better than the EV of the uh, arena open. I just, man, I don't know. Standards great, but Zendikar limited. Yeah, we watched. I watched our boy Ed make day two, and then uh, I'm not going to say what his record was on day two, but he had the same record as PVDDR. So uh, take that with what you will. He crushed it day one, though. So we're proud. Yeah, of him. crushed it day one. Uh, all right. So I, you know, hey, look, let's let's take a couple minutes and do it. I, I said we were going to skip it, but you know, what are we if we don't talk about the magic drama of the week? So Ricky, do you want to talk about Jeweled Lotus for like a quick minute? I'll give you a quick hot take version of Jeweled Lotus. Okay. Jeweled Lotus will make non-games happen when it shows up in the top eight cards of somebody's commander deck. On turn three, the card is dead weight or like medium at best. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change the format. It doesn't warp the format. It just creates hands in which somebody goes, oh, Jeweled Lotus Kyrick, I win next turn. And then you move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll happen legitimately 10% of the time. Yeah. The card's not worth $130. Uh, 
It's still like, is it 140? I, it was like 140. It was like 140 earlier. Card Kingdom's got it down to 129 and no one's buying. I expect this card to hit 50 bucks. 50 bucks seems about right. Yeah. It's definitely going to be powerful for the people with four, four drop commanders. Four drop commanders that don't exceed two colors. Or like Nijila. Nijila is the one I was thinking of. That can take, yeah, or Nijila, right? Yeah. Or Krenko. People talk about Urza, Urza as well. And it will create non-games because of that, but it's essentially just another mana crypt slash soul ring effect, in my opinion. I think we just, it's just, we're at the time where it's just like, can we just stop printing, or not print, but like, can we just remove all the like, uh, opening hand disparity cards? Mm-hmm. Soul ring is a fine card if it comes into play on turn four. Yeah. But like soul ring on turn one, that person is going to have a huge edge. Well, I know, I know some people ha- do the, um, Oh, what's the three, three angel for two that you can only play on like your third turn? Sarah's Avenger. Yeah. I think I was seeing like LSV or someone like some like pro talk about it. Like that's what their group is. They, they just have the Sarah Avenger rule in their house. So you're not playing the, the soul ring until you could play Sarah Avenger. Right. So if you're a house that cares about power level, Jeweled Lotus is a little bit annoying. If you're already playing CEDH, Jeweled Lotus is a great card. And yeah. like, I've played some CEDH and I, I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lot of fun in CEDH, where the point is to make as not as many non-games happen as possible. Yeah, my my only real thought about Commander Legends is uh, the the common and uncommon reprints, like three visits at common. Ooh, knock that out of the park, right? Uh, a lot of the the new uncommons look sweet. A lot of the rare legendaries look sweet, like the Grixis one that lets you give a player an option to end the turn, right? Like I want a politics of that card. Uh, Larry Niven has a card now, but, but then, but then I look at, then I look at the mythics and I'm just like, wow, we're really trying to sell a lot of packs here. Aren't we? I do think that we're at a point where it's like, there's so many mythics and so many like high value. It just, it, you reach a point where there's only so much value that can be in a box. Mm-hmm. And it's how just economics works. As long as there is at, at a point, if the mythics per average box are exceeding the the cost of the box at 120, then the mythics are just going to drop in price because it's not like Wizards is just going to one and done this. This is going to be printed all year. Mm-hmm. So it's like lots and lots and lots and lots of mythics, but I don't see any of them maintaining over $20 for very long. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the other news this week, of course, before we jump into the current Pioneer meta, I'll take a couple minutes to talk about Kaladesh Remastered. And uh, uh, starting on Friday, is it, or Thursday? It's starting on the 5th. Uh, you'll be able to start pre-buying, I think, actually a pretty solid value bundle for $30 on Arena. It's, what, three draft tokens, 10 packs, then a bunch of cosmetic stuff, and then three Aether Hubs? Oh, cool. I'm, uh, I'm excited for that, for sure. I I think the set looks pretty nifty. Yeah. I, I definitely have some complaints about what we were promised that I'll go into whenever you guys want me to. But as far as like cards, like looking through it, you know, it seems like we're going to get some more cards in it, but I think they've done a reasonable job of paring some things down. Obviously a ton of cards are banned, so they're not going to print those, but yeah, I I like the foresight of banning of just not putting copter and walking blist in there. I saw some people say like, Hey, maybe they should have included them in case they get unbanned in Pioneer. They're not going to get unbanned in Pioneer, in all honesty. Like, let's be real here. I also appreciate just not including Felidar Guardian, but still leaving Sahili Rai in there. That was great. After they, they, because they had an issue where they initially printed this right that didn't include Voltaic Brawler, 
Winding Constrictor and Werther Virtuoso. Essentially, like the last three cards on the spoiler just got left off for whatever reason. Uh, once that was adjusted, I think this actually prints every card I personally thought of should be in the set. Uh, now, I know, you know, I'm apologies for forgetting Discord name, uh, but someone in the Discord was saying they forgot Pia's Revolution. I know there's some, like, corner case cards like that, but... Like, seeing, like, those uncommons, and there's a lot of stuff in here that I think got printed, like, Fatal Push, Gifted Aetherborn. This is putting a lot in the way for getting the rollout for Pioneer ready, including just a lot of commons and uncommons that we'll see play, I think. For sure, I think right? it looked great. I was, like, looking through the the spoiler of it, mm-hmm. and, like, I don't see anything really missed. The the only masterpiece inclu- this that's something that people are, like considering whether or not cards are missing is the fact that they added sculpting steel to the set, but not any of the other masterpieces. And then there are still questions I haven't seen answered on the Tezzeret token has an actual card. So it's like a Lotus petal, right? So I don't know if that's actually going to be in the set or that was just a weird include. Cause it's supposed to be the token. No, this has got to be just the token for arena, but like, then why doesn't it say token and why does it have a mana cost? I don't know. There's, there's weird stuff with it. There's no way they're putting like weird unprinted lotus yeah. petal. That that's that's what I'm thinking, right? That's what I'm hoping, but I haven't heard a confirmation one way or another. I I appreciate that there aren't like a million masterpiece cards. There aren't going to be fifty million rats in this format. Uh, that which is kind of what ruined Amonkhet for me. I am I am excited to try this out. I think it looks sweet. Chris, though, you you have some dissenting thoughts. Yeah, I, I, my only issue here is, again, we go back to that discussion we had a while ago, right, where we are talking about, like, why why does this set exist? You know, we're, we're pushing back Pioneer Masters in order to get this set, right? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, given what we know about particularly Arena Draft, right, I think mm-hmm. some things that we, we forget sometimes as Magic players is, like, Arena Draft is different than any other kind of draft because I was also fine with... Um, uh, the Egyptian set, golly, Amonkhet draft IRL. You know, I thought I thought that was totally fine. But in Arena Draft, I think you have to be extra careful. And given that they're talking about crafting this draft format, from what I'm seeing, I just hate green removal spells. Especially because there's three, if you have to give me a decent amount of leeway to, to count the three, but they're just insane. And I don't think green should have them, especially when you consider Arena Draft, you know? So I don't like this for the argument that they were like, well, we're going to specially craft this set and we're going to make sure that it's super good for draft. I just don't see the brilliant architecture I'm supposed to be seeing to say, we're going to go ahead and delay Pioneer Masters to throw this out, you know? So my 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 counterpoint is two of those are uncommons. The the one at common is an actual fight that's four mana, right? Right. Well, the the weird one, like Nature's Way, is the rabid bite, but again, uncommon. And right. then Monstrous Onslaught is a five mana uncommon. All at sorcery. I think some of the more recent green fight spells we've seen are a lot more egregious. Sure. And there, there's a point where you ha- also have to consider that they aren't making all these cards. They are combining all of these cards in a way from two different sets. Now, I think the big thing here is Amonkhet and Aether Revolt play a lot nicer with each other than Amon Ken Hour of Devastation did. You mean Kaladesh and Aether Revolt? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay, Kaladesh yeah, okay, and Aether Revolt, I think, yeah. play a lot nicer together than Amon Ken and Aether and Hour Devi- mm-hmm. of Devastation did because yeah. I think a lot of the cards that got cut from Amon Ken Remastered really 
hurt several of the archetypes. Sure. Like they there wasn't the five mana beetle. There's a lot of like uncommons that I think got cut that really hurt archetypes. Sure. Um, and so that's my issue with it. I'm look. I'm scrolling through here. Really, I was looking for more from a constructed point of view. Mm-hmm. But looking at the rarity and things like that, I to me, I'm willing to give this more of a shot than I did Amonkhet. And also, again, there aren't all of the the masterpieces and other random cards added to this. So right. these are all just these cards were balanced for this limited format. The thing about the green removal, Chris, is that it's all sorcery. Sure. And sorcery removal is really rough in a format around vehicles. Fair. Fair. I, I, I could see that. I, I could definitely see what you're talking about. Was it ran through um, sorcery, though? Ran through is an instant. Ran through is an instant. Ran through is an instant? Sure enough. Sure enough. Yeah. I, I, I think those are totally fine points. Just from what I'm saying, I just have the suspicion, especially with more cards to go, that, like, I... Looking at these cards, right, I will say that I do like that I'm going to get more cards that I'm kind of looking at now and I'm going like, oh yeah, like would we have gotten Wildest Dreams in Pioneer Masters? No. no, Probably not, right? But I am happy to see Wildest Dreams. So maybe this is me with my last clutches of saying like, hey, I, I would rather have Pioneer here faster. And I still would. I, I, I want the, rel- the format to be relevant faster and MTGO isn't doing that. Um, overall it's it's doing fine but i think the mm-hmm. format could definitely be bigger so with that being said and they're like well we're gonna just craft this format i think there are some things that could be working in their favor i think you guys make some good points of saying well it's still going to be a better draft format i just don't see this oh well, we're going to really focus on this being a draft format when i've seen grain removal be so incredibly egregious in draft because everybody just drafts the same decks you know i'm just a little upset there's one unincluded common in this yeah. in this set for limited uh specifically okay. that is near and dear to me that i wanted in this set and that is the pain train baby where's my renegade freighter well they gave us they gave us the other one instead yeah untethered express untethered express costs four mana pain train is a three mana crew two not crew three. Oh, whenever it attacks like it's it's a 5-4 Trampler when it attacks. This card was so good. I, I could say one thing for sure if you guys are ready for it. Yeah, sure. go for it. You know you know that we have been recognized by Wizards of the Coast for our contributions to the Pioneer community. I'm not overstating here because obviously when you include a card like, um, let's find it here. Hard of hearing? Oh, uh, Cultivator's Caravan, sure. right? you know that they've seen your boys in action doing what we do, you know? Belmat Bazaar Barge, Ballista Charger. Yeah, They put all the crew threes in here. It's All of them, right? The crew threes are here, and obviously, if you ask me, that means we've been seen, right? I just don't think there's any other way. There's no possible other argument you could present to me as to why these are all here. Exactly. They put the Velocity car in the set. That card was a ton of fun. That card also baffled many MTGO opponents back in the day. <laughs> that card is worded really dumbly, and it does not work in MTGO. <laughs> Which one is it? The one that crews when it enters? The one the one that uh, it gets Velocity counters, and then if it has... Oh, that one. If it gets two Velocity, you sacrifice it. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it like it gets the velocity counter after the combat. So like people would always like crew it up and like swing it into like your five five. 
and you're like mm-hmm. block and they're just like get two cards and i'm like no you get the velocity counter after combat <laughs> let them know how it's done all right all let's right. go let's let's talk pioneer but chris i i i appreciate you voicing those those concerns i'm definitely there with you i just think that we're balanced a little better but uh yeah. you know hey I, 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 and i think that's a very fair statement i totally think it's fair to say it's it's more balanced and i could be wrong i you know just throwing stuff we'll see we'll see no i hey I, I have the flashbacks for Amonkhet, but I think another big thing is there aren't the 50 extra cards that weren't balanced for the limited formats yeah, included. You're very, in the, you're very right. It can't be worse, right? Let's let's look at the I, I don't think it could be worse. It can't be any worse. I am before a week from now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no Welder's right. Torch either. Uh, say, that, say that again? There's no Welder's Torch either. Oh, well. Oh, well. All right. Our 14-day Pioneer metagame breakdown. Starting at number 12, we have Jeskai Luka. And at number 11, we have Mono Green Planeswalkers. Hey, Dre's back again. Uh, that'll that'll be important here in a few minutes. Uh, way down in number 10, Mono Black Agra at 4.4% mm. of the meta. Spirits at 4.7% of the meta. Oops, all spells at 4.7% of the meta in, what is that, uh, eighth place? Seventh place, we have Gruul Midrange at 4.7% of the meta. So Spirits, Gruul, and Oops, all spells holding the same spot there. Esper Control at 5% of the meta and at number, uh, what is that, 6? At number 5, we have Orzhov Auras at 5.7. Lotus Combo at 6.7, number 4. In number 3, Niv to Light at 8%. And don't call it a comeback. Back all the way from the Companion days, Loris Burn in at number 2 at 9.4% of the meta. Burns back, baby. So shout out to Wonky Wombat. I'm sure he's very excited about that. And then in at number one is Soltai Reclamation at 14.4% of the meta. The the Uros are starting to take over, it seems. Hey, if you didn't notice, uh, I didn't really mention Omnath because the last Omnath deck is at number 13. Is it 13th wow. place right now? 3.3. So, uh, I mean, you know, Nivlite's playing a couple of them, but uh, they're, they're kind of out there, so... Those are some big shakeups, right? I mean, Burn is kind of coming out of nowhere. Wilderness Wreck was up there. I need to start keeping notes on what the last week's numbers were just so we can compare them. But like Wilderness Wreck, you know, the the Uros are starting to creep back in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they haven't won yet, but you know, they're they're starting to bring bring be a number in the meta. But you know, I whether or not you you like the the top meta percentage deck, I still think Pioneer is is in a great place right now. Oh, for sure. I think this is an amazing format. Chris and I saw even Lotus Combo. You just lose the Tormod script. Oops, all spells. <laughs> yeah, oops, all spells. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, so let's take a look at this first challenge. Uh, on Halloween, we have challenge number one. In first place, Luris Burn. Second, pl- uh, that is by Kane Piss. Canepis? Kane Piss? <laughs> 16 i don't I hope it's not Kane. do i do i do i need to censor myself for that campus it's a yeah, it's it's a, it's a noun so it's fine right yeah sure right. uh then we have in second place luris burn again third place lotus combo fourth place niv delight fifth place orzov auras by i want to point out uh actually uh by alfredo torres a player who will mention in the next challenge in sixth place we have jeskai luca seventh place sultai reclamation and in eighth place Carnage, Carnage Cards ENT. Just like Woody Harrelson said, there's going to be some carnage. All right. Is there anything, uh, obviously, besides Luris Burn back with a vengeance here, taking down the top two spots, right? I mean, 
you look at Niv to light, you look at some of these other decks they went up against were these came to put up a clock. What have we been saying every week? Somebody needs to show up and proactively try to win the game and you're just going to beat all these mid range decks. Yeah. Here, look who, look who's here. Look who is here indeed. Is there any other deck list we want to talk about here? I mean, nothing really special besides, again, we've been, like Ricky said, we've been saying for a while now, just leave up your 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 red cards and just go face. Um, the Zlotus combo player is playing Mastermind's Acquisition. And uh, that's just cool. It's the extra Fey of Wishes? It's just like, it's better than Fey of Wishes because you can also search your own deck. So you can get a Lotus. Oh, okay. You can get a Lotus Field with it. You can also get... The, the Niv-Mizzets that people like to play in their sideboard. Uh, yeah. he, you know, this person is not playing uh, Niv-Mizzet in their sideboard, but you mm-hmm. could have. I think it's got 32nd place in this one. 32nd place? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Traft! It's Traft. The Saint. The Saint. The, the Saint. Uh, uh, I want to talk about 25th place, I think this is it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is that is twenty fifth place. Okay, um, here I wanted to highlight out of the top eight, but still showing up only to an even record. But I I do like this deck. Uh, this, Ooh, is this is a spicy leche back again. This time with uh, junk counters. So here we have Loris, Hangerback Walker, Experiment One, and Pelt Collector, which I think is kind of one of the efficient beater combos in the style of deck plays. Mm. And then Conclave Mentor, Luminarch Aspirant, a card we've been talking about. And then Ruckman's pick, I think, Skyclave Shade. Yep. A card you definitely liked, and I've definitely been, been proven right on, I think. Um, Winding Constrictor, four of a couple of Fatal Pushes, four a couple Thought Seas, and then obviously four Hardened Scales. So the junk version is uh, is here. So we, we got what? 12 doublers? Um, Hardened Scales, Winding Constrictor, and Conclave Mentor. Yep. And then obviously Luminarch Aspirant is going to be adding counters every turn. Yeah, uh, a lot of these cards naturally get counters. Hangerback Walker is still around, right? That card's yeah. still here. So I was, I've been, you know, we I streamed this a few weeks, not this deck, but I've streamed counters a few weeks back, right? And Experiment One Pelt Collector definitely impressed me, especially when you keep putting the counters on with Luminarch Aspirant. I love the include of Skyclave Shade here. I've always liked Skyclave Shade, but I like Skyclave Shade here as a way to keep uh, give you that extra buy, like just recursion above playing Luris because you, you get to play Luris in this deck too, so. You get Luris, yeah. Uh, it, five has come surprisingly fast. I've been ha- I've been surprised how how much I'm just like, we just got a five mana five three, you know? And just mm. for free, right? Like every turn, just a five mana five three, which I think is just uh, pretty pretty crazy for recursion. Now you do have to obviously have your land, right? You gotta hit your land to get it, but yeah. pretty, you know, once you get to the fifth land, you probably play the land that turn, so. I just wanted to highlight that deck because I, you know, it's still around in Pioneer. It's still doing something. So, well, with with Luris, we can we can kick it without having the land with Luris still. Um, yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. Right, because we don't. Uh, then we're casting out the Luris and not the thing. So mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, good, good, good eyes there, Chris. You know, That's a good pick. You know, I'm, I'm a little surprised we don't make way somewhere in here if it's not possible for some Call of the Death Dweller. Like, it doesn't work with Hangerback Walker, but it works with the rest of these cards, right? Like, we've got a lot of ones here. I, I think I think that's really pushing it. Maybe you think like that's this, too cute? I, I think that that starts pushing in the too cute. Maybe yeah. as like a, maybe, maybe I mean on like a sideboard slot, but I maybe think it's definitely slot. in the, maybe in the too cute. You maybe see what's in the sideboard slot there as a three of? The three Mutavault? Mutavault's in the sideboard. That's, uh, 
that takes something with uh, with a three color deck. But hey, it's there. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're ready to move on to the next challenge. Ricky, mm-hmm. you got anything you want to point out here? No, I pointed out my Mastermind's Inquisition. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, all right, challenge number dose on the first. Uh, we have by Cold Pier Rakdos, the tried and true Chris. He's been playing a lot of this deck in uh, in historic, so we'll we'll come back around and talk about this deck a little bit. Sounds good. In second place, we have Mono Black Vampires this time, not the aggro deck. Good thing I expanded that deck list out to make sure what it was so oh hey looky there two null priests of oblivion you boys picked another right card there hey. i also picked null priest of oblivion i said you boys plural. okay all right all right uh third place orzov auras fourth place burn fifth place jeskai luca sixth place is this oops all spells yes it is uh what, what build are we on here we are on the 60 card build of oops all spells it looks like uh, in seventh place, we have Mono Green Planeswalkers making its return. We see, and in eighth place, Orzov Auras. Is there? Uh, so let's let's go back up here and let's talk about this Rakdos list, Chris. You know, uh, I hate to put you on the spotting after just talking about token about counters, but uh, you've been jamming this deck a lot in Historic. You know, obviously here it is again in Pioneer still a deck we haven't really seen a whole lot of in all honesty, but it's definitely been uh, been around for a while in Pioneer. Yeah, this is the last you guys will hear from me for a minute. I know I, I know I just talked about the the junk deck, but um, this is kind of the other deck I wanted to highlight because of how much I play this deck in Historic. And uh, I hinted earlier, I think this is the deck for Magmatic Channeler. Um, I think it's significantly better here because a lot more of your cards can be cast. The problem with Channeler that you'll find out is not infrequently you'll hit a Phoenix or you'll hit something that like you really don't want to play in that time. Your spell order matters a lot more in... Um, is it Phoenix than it does in this style of deck? And a lot of times, you know, you hit something here and you can make a board to play it. You know, um, you you can sack creatures. You've got creatures you can sack between Pyromancer and Citrus Supplier. All your spells are pretty castable and you typically want to cast them. You know, mm-hmm. they, they come off easy. So this is a deck that this list is only playing one, uh, but I, I like it a lot. So this is a list. Um, we've got a Lurus, obviously, four Citrus Supplier, four Dreadhorde Arcanist, Three Croxa, a Magmatic Channeler. Four Young Sleazy, that's the Young Pyromancer. One Blood Chief's Thirst. One Queen to Dust. Four Fatal Push. Four Thoughtseize. Four Village Rites. A Wild Slash. Two Dread Boar. And then three Claim to Fame. Uh, I like the one Blood Chief's uh, Thirst. I really like having access to it. Oh, and sorry, there's two Culligan's Command. I almost missed that. Two Culligan's Command. Um, I really like Blood Chief's Thirst. I think it's at least worth a one or two of slot because it does get the Walkers. I think mm-hmm. in Historic, it's a little bit whatever because you've got the Dreadbore, but you can cast Blood Chief's Thirst off of your Dreadhorde Arcanist. So I think this is another deck that I really, really like. Uh, this was... I took down number one. Okay, perfect. Five and one in the Swiss, it looks like. And just a deck that I... If you have the cards, I would definitely consider it, right? The big things here are Croxes and Thought Seizes. You know, that makes about half the cost of the deck, you know? Mm-hmm. So the, you know... Uh, other cards are pretty inexpensive. Um, even oh, your the blood, lands. Your, your, your blood crypts are still up there a bit. But. Your blood crypts are still up there, yeah. Your blood crypts but, are still up there. But I, I, as we always say, an, an Urborg, ugh. Yeah. But as as we say, you know, investing lands is never, never a real feels bad. No, never a real feels bad. And I think this deck definitely has legs. I think this is kind of the tempo deck of the format. We're going to play some creatures. We're going to disrupt the opponent's hand. I... As the format changes, 
I'm going to start to like this deck more than I like Mono Black. Like, I just like the attrition style of this. I think it's mm-hmm. got decent matchups against some other aggro decks because of your Croxes and whatnot, where a lot of people don't do Croxa math well. And there's a lot of times where you get a Croxa back, give it haste with fame, and you know, they took three off the entrance, three off the attack, that's six there, and another six from the attack if they don't have blockers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've killed a lot of people from, you know, 12, 15, where they have other creatures with this, so. Sure. Well, it's often just like, what are you at? Nine? It's like three from Croxa, three from Croxa trigger, like, and then like, can you block all these tokens? Yep, yep, yep. You can you can play it, fame it, and then you know they're they're gone. A lot of times people don't expect six damage from nowhere, and a Croxa from hand plus a claim that'll get them when they're empty handed. Hey, just like GI Joe said, you got to lick it, stick it, see you later, bye. Do you <laughs> do you want more copies of Magmatic Chandler? I want a second one. For uh-huh. sure, um, I don't know where we're gonna make the the cut. I uh, I definitely think three Crocs is right. Having too many is a bummer. Yeah, I've been less impressed with Young Pyromancer seeing it as much. Like I like Pyromancer in tune with the Priest of the Forgotten Gods because it makes tokens mm-hmm. for you. Obviously, Young Pyromancer is nice when you have um, village rights. You know, yeah. so like I, I don't know that you can cut it, but um, it might you might shave a spell somewhere to put a second one in because I I do like two. Yeah. And real fast, I know that was that that GI Joe thing was a deep cut. So if anyone can uh either at me in the Discord with a link to the clip from GI Joe where that line is or at me on Twitter with it, I'll throw you some of our uh, our arena codes. Hey, there you go. Oh my god. GI <laughs> Joe, like the second movie? No. Uh, that's all the hint you're gonna get. Lick Don't it, stick it, it, seal it. Lick it, stick it, seal it. A bye, and go. we're gonna go on to the champs. If there's nothing else we want to talk about here on the challenge, uh, real oh, quick, go champs. Oh, go for it. Uh, this oops all spells list mm-hmm. does not spark joy. Does not spark joy. <laughs> four Agadim's Awakening, four Turn Timber, four Seagate. Where's your two Amiria's calls? Also, this is like 17 cards short. Also, this list, uh, what I will give credit for, right? Wait, this is this is sixty three cards. Wait a minute. Yeah, I will give credit. They so are only, only playing cards. two Undercity Informer and two Balastred Spy because mm-hmm. you just don't need it anymore. The Neoforms and the Eldritch Evolutions. Yeah. Also, they're playing like random white cards in their sideboard that I don't know how they're going to get into play, like Skyclave Apparition. Well, Leylines come into play for free, and the Archon and the... You get them off Neoform, uh, I guess. Yeah. I like the Narcomiba include. Chris and I a couple times thought about, like, the deck maybe wants Narcomiba. He's playing... They're playing one Narcomiba in their board. That is a little weird, yes. So, this list is interesting. I, I still think that for for my money, you need to play... 14 of the the bolt lands uh-huh. to really get me going uh, but this is still a cool list i just was not expecting people to go back after the like, Amirius calls like a- after the well thought out explanation i don't think i will support any version except for uh the andrew one two one three 77 card version fair enough fair enough uh, all right, let's take it over to the real jewel of the Pioneer Premier play because uh, we got a PTQ this weekend in mm. for Pioneer. First place, uh, we're going to go from the bottom up for this one. In eighth place, we have Joy One playing Burn. In seventh place, you have Condescend playing Four Color Omnath. 
In sixth place, you have Ender F1705 playing Burn. In fifth place, you have 4C Reclamation by Musasabi. In fourth place, you have Nivtolite by Bozoka Boy. In third place, you have Jabberwocky playing Soultide Delirium. In, uh, oh, who's this? In second place with Burn, a one cell dweller. Anyone know, uh, anyone know whose MTGO handle that is? Who is Cell Dweller? Cedric Phillips. That is a one Cedric Phillips. That was my guess. Uh, who's like 14 and one on PTs or something like that, I think he said on Twitter. Because hmm. that's all the, I like, that's, I feel like that's half the magic he plays. He's like, oh, there's a PTQ in this format this weekend. Right. Uh, Peace. From what I can tell, this was, oh, there's a Pioneer PTQ. Peace, Sully. What's the mediocre red deck I can play? Oh, burn. Cool. And then uh, just ran the tables with it. I don't know if they split or what, but first place was Aspiring Spike with Mono Green Planeswalkers. So obviously, let's talk burn. Let's talk Mono Green Planeswalkers. Cedric, Cedric Phillips is playing one of Wayward Guide Beast. Yeah, that's that's the real spice, right? That's that's the so usually they're playing one Zergo, right? But he's he's going with the Guide Beast. And so again, this was supplied by P. Selly, so I'm not gonna argue any red deck if it's supplied by P. Selly. The basic mountain. That, at the basic mountain. Uh, the man who had my favorite uh, SCG segment, which was Cedric would give him a format or ask him a burn spell and Peace Sully would come up with, well, here's the reason why I played that burn spell. I feel like this wayward guide beast is, is uh, Sullivan just uh, like, you know, Cedric going, hey, I need a list to play this event. And he's just like, what if I just took one card out of here and gave him a wayward guide beast. I bet he'd play it. So someone, so it was pointed out. And again, I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but in this deck, wayward guide beast lets you play a shock or like a wild slash or Boros charm attack and then bounce the land back, play it again as your land drop to play another spell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that can happen. That's that's the way to use it over trying to get into landfall, I think. But, you know, that is – that is I love that. That's the reason for it, right? Is, ah, you know, 2% of the time you can play an extra shock on your turn. <laughs> I love this burn list. Wonky Wombat's going to be super excited at this, uh, Wombat this is definitely Wombat is definitely going to be very Look excited. Look at those four Roiling Vortex. I told you. Well, that, that was the other thing uh, – Cedric pointed out where he was like, usually red decks have mediocre cards in the sideboard. This is 14 good ones. Yeah. <laughs> like Chain the we've we've talked a little bit about Chain of the Rock. We talked about Chain of the Rocks last week in that the dozen slap deck list. Here's Chain of the Rocks. And I do like that this deck literally just wants Battlefield Forge over Pathway. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is wild. It also yeah. only six mountain. Well, you know, we have to play some somewhere. Huh. Well, we only have we only have nineteen lands. This is a dope deck, but what beat it? Uh, what beat it or drew? I'm not entirely sure. Mono green planeswalkers, aspiring spike coming back with mono green planeswalkers, a deck that uh, Chris and I know fully well thanks to streaming <laughs> oops all spells. Turns out this is the deck that beats oops all spells uh, because they can get Karn the Great Creator out one turn before you can combo off, which lets them go find Tormod's crypt and just blank your deck. Mm-hmm. This is, that's what this deck like thrives on. This deck thrives on just like, were you expecting Karn this early? Great. Here's a silver bullet. Yeah. And they always have it. 
Always have it. Never don't have it. Yeah, I love I this sideboard. That. I love looking at this sideboard all the time. What do you mean the sideboard? It's just your deck. I love <laughs> this. I love the sideboard playing Darksteel Citadel so we can go tutor for a land with our card. If you're from Yu-Gi-Oh, like this is the deck you should play. <laughs> this is our extra deck? You just get a 15 card extra deck and you see what you want to exceed into with Karn. I don't okay. think you can get Ulamog and Embercool, can you? Uh, Vivian gets them. Vivian, Vivian gets those. Sure. <laughs> Vivian can also get the Verderous Gearholt. I love that like a third of this deck's cost is just in the sideboard between the Great Henge, Ulamog, and Emrakul. Yeah. This looks and plays like a Yu-Gi-Oh deck, and you can't convince me otherwise. No, that's fair. You got your special summons. Yeah. <laughs> you search your library all day long. Look, back in my day, we we fought tooth and nail for those mono green wins. We we bashed with three mana five fives. Back in the day, we got Rancor and we were happy with it. Oh my gosh, that's that's an answer for a question we're going to answer on the Q&A next week. Well, don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. But uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hey, look, it's good to see Pioneer in the limelight with the big PTQ. Speaking of big Pioneer events, I think it's on the 13th, that we got like the 13th and 14th. Uh, Randy Bueller is organizing a big MTGO championship event uh, that will include Pioneer play alongside a cube and I think Legacy. It's going to have a great commentary cast, so uh, I do want to sort of put that out there uh, and to to broadcast that a bit because, hey, some top-level Pioneer being played uh, with the wonderful commentary cast put on by one of the, the great presenters of Magic's history, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. So uh, definitely we'll mention that again next week, so look out for that. Randy Bueller's putting on the uh, MTGO Championship, or I forget what he's actually calling it. Uh, but yeah, so look out for that next weekend. All right. Anything else in this champs here? I mean, you know, shouts to Seti P again. I think he, he said he's something like 12 and whatever on just rolling into PTQs and winning. He also said that he played just the league with this deck before playing in the PTQ. Hmm. There comes a point where you've played enough red decks. Where yeah. you've played enough red decks. Yeah, that's fair. This seems like a sweet event. Happy yeah, it that looks it happened. good. It looks good. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Ricky. You you had the idea for this week's segment. Uh, do you want to uh, talk about what it is? Sure. So I've been thinking a lot about like how Pioneer is really undervalued in Paper Magic right now. Because, I mean, you can't play it. Yeah. And we're doing the webcam events. And, you know, we're allowing proxies this time and stuff like that. Maybe in the future. But I was just thinking, like, Pioneer is such a great format for people with, you know limited magic budgets. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, like if I had a monthly magic budget that seemed reasonable and yeah. like super low, I'd say about like, I think a $40 a month magic budget seems pretty reasonable, especially right now when you can't actually go out and play in events. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked through a bunch of cards in pioneer and tried to see like, what, what is the most of a deck we could get for $40 right now in paper what is the best use of $40 to invest towards Pioneer decks? And we came up with some interesting results and a couple of shopping carts we'll get to, uh, but like some, some highlights we have to hit on. Mm-hmm. First off, full art pathways are so cheap right now. They're what, like $5 each? Uh, the green white one is $4. Mm-hmm. The black white one is four fifty, And like all the other ones are sub five. Are they still cheaper than the regular version of the card? They are mostly cheaper. The only the only exception is the blue black 
pathway where the regular one is seven dollars and the extended art is seven fifty. Ah, that fifty cents though. So that's the most expensive one. Like even the red blue one is like I think sitting at like six dollars regular and like five for the full art right now in Card Kingdom. Yeah, sure. And I was thinking, of course, about like my favorite budget decks I like to go into, like spirits and auras. And I found some uh, other interesting things, just like Winotas are $6 right now. Mm-hmm. This is uh, definitely more topping out our budget, but Winotas are $6 and Rabble Masters are about $5. And most of the pathways are sub $5. So in a couple of months at $40 a month, you could feasibly own a Winota deck if we just skip the Mana Confluence. Okay, sure. The deck's really cheap, like pathways uh, for $4 each on the green, red, and the green, white ones. And I think the, the red, white one is $6 for some reason. I don't know why that one's expensive. It's got to be like a reason, like modern play or something like that. Must be. The most expensive card in auras that isn't in the sideboard is actually Loris at, five, at 8 bucks. But other sure. than that, Saram is five ninety nine right now. Uh-huh. And, like, he just got announced in Kaladesh Remastered, but that's not a paper reprint. So I don't see this guy getting reprinted soon unless he gets announced for Commander uh, Legends, but I think that ship has sailed by now. Mm-hmm. So I definitely see at five ninety nine this card being a big pickup, as well as all the commons from that deck, the commons and commons that are dirt cheap right now. I mean, we're even right now seeing, like, Ballyged Recovery is getting up to like two two fifty a card right now at an uncommon. So yeah, just because it sees so much play in modern right now and legacy and standard commander as well. It's a big commander card right now too. Right. So like picking up these uncommons, uh, Ruckman, you found some uncommons you liked uh, pretty cheap right now, right? Yeah, I I definitely want to point out that um, Fatal Push, which was like when the format first started, was like what five dollars plus. Uh, now they're down to about a dollar for like the uh, the regular art, the double masters version. Yeah, I think so. I think it's the double masters version. I I, I didn't look at versions, but I just know like you can get Fatal Push for like a dollar now. Uh, they're not in the uncommon line, uh, but I know a lot of people always hem and haw over picking up Thoughtseize. You can get like Theros Thoughtseizes for like $13, twelve thirteen dollars right now. Right, definitely a bit more expensive. That would be our entire monthly forty dollars budget if we wanted four thought seasons. But hey, but four I think that's a, that's a good that's a good monthly budget spend right there. Exactly. So actually, looking around, mm-hmm. found a deck that's surprisingly really cheap to buy. Okay, Lotus combo with like oh. the with the exception of like two sideboard cards being an Ugin and an Omniscience, cracking like ten dollars. Um, I actually came up with a shopping cart here. Uh, maybe you'll put it in the show notes or something. Um, but the for $40, uh, $40.38 USD, as of the filming of this, uh, you can get four Thespian Stage, four Lotus Field, three Dig Through Time, four Fae of Wishes, and one Jace Wielder of Mysteries, which is basically the entire engine of the deck. Remaining yeah. cards from there are just like commons and uncommons from those part, like pour over the pages, hidden strings, peer through the abyss. I, I could have thrown that in there. We would have hit 41 because like those are like 30 to 40 cents each right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but this deck is like ridiculously cheap. Also like Fae of Wishes is 25 cents. Is For it some, really? Yeah. You can get the 
alt art version for 79 cents. Ooh. That's a little too rich for 10 our... cents off, man. You want you want a ball on a budget. Yeah, you get your dig through times for 349, Lotus Field at 449, and I mean that's a card I don't see getting reprinted or yeah. banned. Um, another alternative to Lotus Field. I mean, obviously it's not like the big engine of the deck, but I think you can get Botanical Sanctum at the same price. Botanical Sanctum is, I think, actually around like seven or eight, one of the more expensive cards in the deck. But like the deck also plays like Yavi Maya Coast and Temple of Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Botanical Sanctum is not the end all be all of this deck. We can play uh, around that. Botanical Sanctum, though, is the uh, real budget to buying your breeding pools right now, though. Yeah, actually, most of these lists don't run breeding pool, or they run like one of or two of. Yeah. So I think this deck is very good for actual budget play. And not only that, right now, since we're all at home and stuff like that, this sort of deck is actually great to goldfish. Mm -hmm. As weird as that sounds, I used to work at call center and I think uh, Chris has done this in the past too, but I had like a storm deck in extended at the time and I would just take it to work with me. And no, actually Bonehouse at the call center was in full on modern, but I just take it to the call center with me and just play out hands at my desk. I did so much gold fishing with that extended storm deck that I built. So back when we could play Mind's Desire and Tendrils, this is the sort of deck because it's so non-interactive, just like sitting through and sequencing through your plays so that when we do eventually get back to paper events or for your next webcam event, you can quickly play through your sequences and know which way you want to go and where, what you need to find to go off. Mm-hmm. So I yes. think that's... It's important important. with modern is it storm to understand your deterministic kills, right? Like you'd understand like with X cards in the graveyard um, and, you know, with this hand, like, can you for sure go off or is there a risk that you lose? There's a surprising amount of times where if you play the cards in the right order, you know, it's a deterministic win, assuming your opponent has no interaction and getting to those points quickly. So like you're not just searching for whatever reason, you know, it's a do just reduces those chances of making a misplay when you have the game won for sure. But yeah, no, like, especially with Lotus Combo, you know, it's like you got the pour over the pages, you've got you've got one Lotus Field, and maybe if you find a Thespian stage, we could go off, and, mm-hmm. like, just testing out those, like, okay, like, is this viable to just cast this pour over the pages here, or do I need to just wait until next turn, you know, or do I need to wait for one more piece to go off? It's just nice to... It's a nice deck to own because you can just sit it on your desk and when you have some free time, just goldfish a hand or two. Yeah. As well as getting value from actually playing in webcam events and then later paper events and surprisingly cheap. Mm-hmm. So, um, Also, so we talked about we talked about the Loris Burn deck, right, a lot. Obviously, I don't have the, the shopping cards that Ricky has made, uh, but you can build into Burn over the course of like, three to like the the farthest extent four months depending on uh card like card uh card quality you want to buy if you don't mind buying some uh some lps or mp type cards right uh you can buy into this burn deck in like three months uh yeah for sure your your big investments are uh sacred foundry and then soul skarmation eidolon but everything else you can pick up uh pretty reasonably well boros charm surprisingly expensive right now well it's about to get reprinted yeah Soulscar Mage is actually a little like up there. I think he's like six fifty a card. Yeah, which definitely like, uh, you know, when you're looking at cards five dollars and under, it's nice because with a forty dollar a month budget, you can pick up two play sets of cards that are five dollars and under in a month. Yeah, 
But I think if we don't, if we go for like light played, uh, we can just for our one for one of our months, we could just buy the Eidolons and the Soulscar Mages for a month, right? And like, ah, uh, that's kind of rough for that one month. But then the months after that, like the month after that, you can just buy like the rest of the deck minus the lands. For sure, it's definitely a deck that I can see functioning in in a one twenty range of price. Mm. But for 120 in price, I'm also looking at Spirits. And the Burn's doing better than Spirits, too. So, you know. Um, the other deck really, I, I... I think Spirits is... You're looking at least 200 for Spirits, in all honesty. Well, it's just like the the Spell Quellers and the Selfless Spirits. You can play like three Selfless Spirits. No, yeah, no, I, maybe. I guess you're not playing the... You can get rid of the Confluence. Uh, may, maybe you're right. But like Skyclave Apparition, you definitely kind of want in the board you can play on. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. I I I think burn and spirits are kind of like your your stretch on that, right? But I think those are those are two good stretches. Mm-hmm. Uh, not trying to downplay Orzhov Auras, but I think Orzhov Auras is actually in a similar price point as well. Uh, but you're you're kind of the, you're kind of the confluence. I was going over the right the Orzhov Auras here because I did my second shopping cart I did set up is four Sarams, four concealed courtyards. And one bright climb pathway. Yeah. Uh, or other websites that aren't Card Kingdom. I was just searching on Card Kingdom. Have Loris at about four fifty, or sorry, five fifty ish. Card Kingdom has Loris at eight dollars. Yeah, which is fair. Uh, I would pick up a Loris there instead instead of the bright climb pathway. Mm. But I think with this set, you are looking at in your next shopping cart your four bright climb pathways. You can skip the godless shrines. You really don't need them. And then just commons on commons from there. Sure. I think this this deck is dirt cheap. I mean, yes, the stone coil serpents are played in some lists. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, like, if we're looking at like stock like meta deck lists, right? If you're if we're pitching Orzov Auras, I think you can buy uh, burn, especially, and maybe you can figure out spirits in like the same time frame as you could buy into Orzov Auras. Sure, and the Loris purchase keeps you in both decks. So yeah, um. is quick question. Sure. Is Luris underplayed in the main decks of, of decks? No. You don't think so? I don't think Luris is that good in main decks. Really? I think most of the intrinsic value of Luris, at least in Pioneer, in Standard, I agree. But in Pioneer, I think the value comes with having it as an extra card. As an extra card. That's fair. Because otherwise, if you're casting it as a card from your hand, like you need five mana open to cast it. Like, I mean, yes, you're going to spend six mana to get your Luris in play from the command zone, but like, I think that Loris is just not that great in a main deck, mostly because it can't cast other Loris. Not that you'd want to, but right. uh, I feel like it's just sort of limited. All right. Well, uh, well, thanks for the, the, the quick little budget breakdown, Ricky, we can definitely come back to, to more budget stuff here. Another time, maybe it's about time. We, uh, in like a week or so do like a full on, uh, forget the meta and just really just go into budget brews again or something like that. I think uh, those are always popular episodes for us to do. So I think it's maybe about time we we do a full budget breakdown. But thank you for at least getting the ball rolling this week on that. No, I'm really feeling it. Let me tell you the the Lotus Lotus combo. It's an eighty dollar deck, easy. You don't need to go for omniscience. You can win with like plenty of other ways. All right. Well, Chris, it's that time of the show. Hit me with the does it slap. Are you guys ready? Does it slip? All right. This week's Does It Slap, we have uh, actually a deck that I wanted to point out because it was made while we were streaming yesterday. 
uh, is a deck from Discord user Smarmy Marmy with Pioneer Death's Shadow. Uh, again, it's a bringing back card we talked about a lot in Zendikar Spoilers and Scourge of the Skyclaves. Uh, we're playing four Danto Vanguard, four Asylum Visitor, four Lupin Prototype, two Lurus of the Dream Den, four Rotting Regisaur, four Scourge of the Skyclaves, three Stromkirk Condemned, three Anguished Unmaking, four Agadim's Awakening, four Collective Brutality, four Amiria's Call, three Thought Seize, uh, one Argyle's Bloodfest, one Demonic Embrace. Uh, we're playing four Bright Climb Pathway, four Caves of Koilos, four Godless Shrine, and three Swamps. So, gentlemen, anything uh, anything immediately sticking out on you? Oh, sorry, the sideboard. Two Blood Chiefs Thirst, three Clean Dust, three Dire Tactics, four Fatal Push, two Feed the Swarm, one Thought Seize. All right, now, gentlemen, is there anything you want to start off with really really sticking out to you here? Because I, I definitely think I see... Uh, at least a little bit of a thing I want to tweak with. Yeah. Um, um, go for the, it, Chris. What's that? Go for it. Oh, uh, in the maybe board, the Knight of the Ebon Legion, I, I think needs to be in the main deck. Um, I, I think this is a very fun take on the deck. And so like, I, I don't, you know, it, it's definitely a, certainly a way you could take it. I, I think this deck can be made more competitive um, which may not have been the whole point. It, like it may have been a more fun thing. I think the deck can be more more competitive by moving the Knight of the Ebon Legions to the main because Knight of the Ebon Legion just cares about a player losing four or more life this turn, mm-hmm. which is not uncommon if we're going to be uh, thought seizing people plus shocking ourselves, right? Yeah, uh, or even you know whatever else a boat land plus plus something, um, and then you know we kill ourselves really easily here. We also need to make sure we're killing our opponent very effectively. And that's, yeah, that's the one thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to continue to say what you're going to say, which is that's the one thing that like you really have to keep in mind with this is you're going to deal a lot of damage to yourself incidentally anyway. The focus does need to be more still on killing your opponent. Um, but overall, I really like what's going on. I just I do think the those knights need to be in the main deck. Yeah, I was I was going to say like. I, I like the thought here of we got some vampire synergy. Uh, we can dump our hand. We got the loop and prototypes right. Um, but I think this is where we start getting into we're too focused on big numbers. And we're not thinking about that a lot of aggressive creatures are just going to do the damage, but a lot more efficiently. So I like moving the Knight of the Ebon Legion into the main board, right? I think we want to be want to play one other one. So like. We, we cut, like, the Stormkirk Condemned and the Lupin Prototypes, I think, for Knight of the Ebon Legion and one other one-drop, at least one other one-drop, so either your Dread Wanderer or your um, Action 2 Shields Jackson, your Bloodsoak Champion, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it? Bloodsoak Champion? That's the one. So, yeah. Um, and then I think I like the Asylum Visitor effect, but I think maybe that should be just Glintsleeve Siphoner instead because – Menace is going to get us more damage on our opponent, and we're not, and it's also going to be drawing us cards more regularly than Asylum Visitor would be. Fair. Um, I like Argyle's Bloodfast, but I feel like Argyle's Bloodfast is more of a sideboard card, and right. maybe I'd rather see a second Demonic Embrace instead. Yeah, I, I definitely like Demonic Embrace over Argyle's Bloodfast, just because again we we need to be more aggressive, right? Like yeah. like you're saying, yeah. we we want to take the aggressive plan, and then like mm. we've just got a really good way to. Uh, um, I also, you know, you boy loves Rotting Registrar, and I'm not going to say we're going to mm-hmm. cut Rotting Registrar, right. but I think a card that goes a long way in this deck mm-hmm. would be like Rankle. 
Oh, yeah. So Rankle's going to help clear the way for our Scourge of the Skyclaves. It's also going to be pinging us and our opponent with mm-hmm. the, the draw trigger as well. So I think a Rankle, like maybe like a two of Rankle instead of Luris here could be could be a good one. Yeah. Um, I do know you're talking about playing mainboard Luris, um, but like, you know, I get buying back our Scourge is sweet, but I think a Rankle just progresses our our board state better than just having Luris just to buy back some of our guys. I think it's fair. I think it's funny. I didn't know um, that Loris was in the main deck of this deck. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of funny that I was talking about it. But I assume I, I you do were think... setting up the Chekhov's yeah. Loris for me. Yeah, I, I do think you need to have um, like most of your creatures be able to come back from mm-hmm. Loris to put it in the main deck, right? Mm-hmm. By most, I mean like all of them, really. Yeah, in order to make it the most effective the main deck, I do think it's a fine main deck card, especially where you, you know where you have as a two of. But here, I just like you said, I, I actually like. I think Running Register is a powerful card. It's you know doesn't die to the first half of Fatal Push um, mm-hmm. or Blood Chief's Thirst, so I think it's a, a solid card. Um, at least it can be in Pioneer, but yeah, not with Luris. We're we're also like already playing Agony's Awakening because we get to bolt ourselves with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with with the with taking out the discard element of it. Um, I think we could probably get rid of the collective brutality and bring in just some more regular removal, right? Um, because we're just not really we we bump it back up to four thought seizures, right? Uh, we we cut out the brutality, maybe put some in the board. Um, the drain ability of brutality, the fact that it's a drain, just not like two damage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it makes the flip in scourge of the skyclaves essentially the same. Sure, like not like numerically the same, but right, but like because it's the life is just moving from player to player. It's mm-hmm. not the most ideal. So I don't know. I just think if we cut out the the discard sub theme here and just put in just bring in more of an aggressive like mono black style strategy to this. I like right. the white splash here. Anguished unmaking, dire taxes. Like those are good removal spells. I like a lot. Adanto Vanguard is another powerful card that helps uh, let us pay for life. Just to, if we need that last little push uh, with the um, the death shadow factor of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so that, those are my real thoughts yeah Ricky what right. did you go yet so you guys you guys put me behind Chekhov's Luris okay. I have to tell you that Luris is bad in the main deck so I think that this deck is trying to do too many things in which it's trying to play a a hellbent deck with Stormkirk condemned sorry and... you mean you mean heck deck heckbent no oh no this is <laughs> this is no card sorry this I'm is thinking real of, hellbent I'm thinking Amonkhet Throw the PG-13 on it. This is Hellbent. Okay. All right. Uh, Lupine Prototype and Stormkirk Condemned. They gotta go. Mm-hmm. Rotting Regisaur doesn't play with Loris as the commander. So he's gotta go. Okay. We're gonna go down to Loris as a commander. So we got extra slots now. I like the uh, Shocklands, the Boltlands. We have to cut Demonic Embrace because that's the rules. Um, Adano Vanguard is great. Asylum Visitor, I agree, should be Glint Sleeve Siphoner, and we need to shove Knight of the Evon Legion in here for sure. I also see in our maybe board here, uh, you know, we got Orzhov Charm. This card needs to become a four of in our deck. This card's going to do, um, I'm pretty sure, oh wait, this is mana cost one or less? I thought yeah. this revived two. It's one or less. No. Uh, this, this is good with the um, actual Death Shadow. It's not as good here. It's not good here. 
Mm, okay, so maybe not Orsa of Charm, uh, but I do like bringing in Bloodsoaked Champion and uh, Knight of the Ebon Legion and just going as aggro as we can uh, with ways to get back our uh, Scorch as much as possible. Because he's going to so, die because he's in kick range. So we've yeah. got already Agadim's Awakening, which will cast greatly for two. We'll get back a Knight of the Ebon Legion. We'll get back a Scourge of the Skyclaves. But I do think definitely wanting to go more aggressive with this. Maybe we still play Orsov Charm. We can save. Uh, but don't we just play like Call the Death Dweller? Call, Call the Death Dweller is way better. Yeah. Call the Death Dweller is way better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we need to definitely get rid of the discard matters cards because those aren't going to be as helpful. Uh, Glint Sleeve Siphoner is great because it makes us lose life and it draws us cards. And, and it has menace. Um, the only other big card, I mean, other than that, I just want to get as aggressive as possible. I've really been thinking about this card in standard a lot. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, it just doesn't do it for me. I've seen it a lot in modern in Death Shadow as like a two of to cover for Death Shadow. But uh, this card in Pioneer is very interesting to me. Yeah. And in green-white, or sorry, black-white, it seems very good. And once again, in the ultra-aggressive decks, we're paying all of our life away to our shock lands, bolt lands, yeah. and anguished unmaking. But uh, man, I'd, I'd much rather be red-black uh, playing cards like Croxa, and other just like incidental damage red cards. Sure. Um, also, I will say um, we don't usually talk about sideboards, um, but like we can we can beef up the sideboard with some cards that matter in more matchups than just all the removal spells. Yeah, I, I want to do a quick revisit on this real quick in case we want to keep some of the discard theme alive. Okay. And that is to say that if at the very least, if we want to make as few cuts as possible, we need to put Knight of the Ebon Legion in here. I want to cut Asylum Visitor because when we're drawing cards, we're not able to attack with Lupine uh, Prototype as much. Um, And we can replace that with with that, really. And I think the rest of it is, you know, hey, at least passable, right? Okay. Maybe some uh, um, cheap removal spell instead of Anguish to Making. Anguish to Making is cool to remove permanents, but if again, if the goal, like you do want a a Hellbent sub-theme there, um, I think it's better to do so. We have to discard it, yeah. Yeah, and, and we draw the card, they don't, but still, we don't have as many ways to make them discard cards. Uh, I would like to shout out for remembering that Blazing Hope exists, uh, a card so worthless in Ixlon Limited, and Great. at Uncommon, it was so upsetting in my sealed pool of GP Houston when I opened three. Oh, Oh, that's some rough uncommons to open. Is the maximum you could open because it's just from rivals. Yeah. Ugh. All right, ready, ready for uh, ready for slap ratings. Sure. I'm gonna give this seven rotting red sort power out of ten. Okay. Where does the ten come from? Um, our the the power and toughness of Scourge of the Skyclaves because either because our opponent is at ten and we're at like five. <laughs> Okay, sounds uh, sounds reasonable to me. What are you giving it, Chris? I'll give this a four colorless out of the seven total mana that Amiria's Call costs. All right, are you ready? I got a good one. Okay, okay. I'm ready. 
I'm going to give this a 10 out of 20, which is our life total after the Scourge of the Sky Shadow ability resolves. We after we kick it. it. Okay. All right. Amazing. That was, that was a good one. All right. Uh, thank you, Swarm Army, for this deck list. Uh, also, I appreciate, again, that you you built this while we were streaming last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big shouts to that. Chris Chris said, hey, I like the idea. Give me a deck list. And they did it right then and there, like in the in the time we were streaming. So... So shouts to coming through that challenge. I want to issue a challenge. Okay. If somebody could build me the best uh, Scourge of the Skyclaves plus Nithroi combo in Pioneer, you'll be the next slap. And and why, why, so everyone at home knows why, Ricky, why Nithroi? So Nithroi lets you reanimate 10 power worth of creatures. Mm Mm-hmm. But if Scourge of the Skyclaves is currently a negative power and you choose it as a target, it expands your budget. Because so that's what happens when you add negative numbers. If if currently in the graveyard, Scourge of the Skyclaves is a negative 10 and you target two of them, you can now pick 30 power worth of creatures out of your graveyard. There you go. F- food for thought. Somebody build me something really stupid and I want to talk about it. All right. Well, there is your Ricky's Ricky's issue to challenge. Maybe we'll get there next week, if not. Uh, but next week, of course, is our one-year anniversary uh, Q&A episode. So we've got a bunch of uh, questions about Pioneer, questions about us in general lined up. Uh, there's still plenty of time to submit your questions. You have until 5 p.m. Central Time on Monday the 9th to get those questions in. Of course, next week's podcast episode, we will be announcing the winner of our extra life goal giveaway of course if you want to donate to the art extra life campaign there is a link below uh in the podcast description there is a link on our twitter pinned up if you donate at least a dollar you are entered into a giveaway for a collector's pack of zendikar rising if you donate in multiples of five dollars you will get that many on top of your first entry and then if we break our $500 goal i will upgrade that collector's pack of zendikar rising to a standard legal booster draft box of the winner's choice and this is open internationally uh so we will figure out shipping there uh if it does go international but we want to raise as much money for the kids as possible so we are allowing this to be international so please if you can donate uh i think we can definitely hit that 500 dollars goal and we've had several very generous donations so far so i want to thank everyone who has donated of course so far and of course i just want to thank everyone who supports the show on our patreon um, you know, patreon.com slash crew3mg. But again, the Extra Life does come first this weekend. And of course, again, we will be streaming the webcam event on Saturday. Uh, I don't know yet if I'm going to participate or if I'm going to commentate over it. We shall see sort of player count, but I, I'm expecting we're going to get a lot more players uh, thanks to the new proxy rules. So really excited for that. Uh, if you want to follow us on other content we do, I stream over on Twitch several times a week. Uh, I post our schedule weekly in the Discord and on Twitter. We also put out a weekly deck tech on our YouTube channel, Crew3MTG, which is also the name of the Twitch account. Uh, you can follow, uh, keep up with the show and me personally over on our Twitter account at Crew3Podcast on Twitter. You can follow Chris at... It's underscore Christmas. You can follow Ricky at... At also Steve. Be sure to get in those Q&A questions. Again, there's a Q&A channel in the Discord, or if you want to tweet them at me, I will accept them there. Uh, cut off for the Extra Life donations are at the same time, 5 p.m. Um, uh, 5 p.m. Uh, November 9th, Monday the 9th. 
Um, so that will give everyone a few days after we, we stream. And of course, the donation link will be live up until whatever they close. I'm not entirely sure what actually I close those. But, you know, uh, if you want to be entered into the giveaway, you have the deadline for that. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.